Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all three of them. And this week we are jumping into our look at some Japanese action films again with the year 2000's Versus, which is directed by uh, uh, Ryuhei Kitamura and stars Takasakaguchi and Hideo Sakaka. Eh. Oh, nice. God, sorry. <laughs> and Hideo uh, Sakaki? Or... Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Cool. I just nice. want to make sure I said that right. You know, Hideo I think this, this might be the best example of the everything in between that we talk about. This is definitely an everything in between. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I Yeah, we covered... Yeah, this is, this is a Carlos uh, recommend, so... Yeah, I think I'm kind of steering the boat right now, so... Um, <laughs> we watched Juan, which was a J-horror entry, and... Uh, I thought it would kind of uh, segue nicely into us taking a look at uh, Japanese action from the late 90s, early 2000s. So I wanted to show you guys this movie, and um, <laughs> it's it's something, right, guys? <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> it's unforgettable. Like, if the content of the story of Juan was terrifying, the content of the filmmaking in <laughs> is maybe kind of so a, yeah own sort of terror i think this is like a kind <laughs> but of but i also like it I, I i have no idea how to describe my feelings about this movie yeah i th- i think when i when i saw versus for the first time after it came out i was like really excited about it and i didn't see anything like this before and actually like um kind of riding the wave of the matrix you know so um, oh sure totally i definitely kind of feel like this is kind of a ripple uh a little like kind of aftershock of the matrix. Like definitely, uh, I, I was uh, kind of thinking about this and, you know, we've talked about the, um, the handover in Hong Kong and how that kind of changed what Hong Kong cinema was. And I think that this is also kind of an effect of this where, uh, you know, Yumu Ping went over to the States and did the matrix and, you know, uh, a lot of these people that were grounded in Hong Kong kind of had to find a new home in cinema. And um, sure. I definitely think that he, Ryuhei Kitamura and his friends that put together this film were really uh, excited to see The Matrix and really excited to kind of put their <laughs> own new stamp on what they mm-hmm. thought action could be. And I think that there are like, I think there are like grains of, I have gold like nuggets in the middle of all of this, but I do think that that my takeaway from watching it now for the podcast was like, damn, this movie is long. (laughs) (laughs) It feels so long. And I should say that we are watching ultimate versus, which is like, I'm kind of kicking myself because I used to have verses on DVD and I'm pretty sure I sold it when I got Ultimate Versus, which is sure. a bad idea. And you should, uh, <laughs> well, and, and it's you should like hoard a... <laughs> every DVD you ever buy, never get rid of anything. And... Well, oh, I man. wish I had my original version of Versus because Ultimate no, Versus, it. yeah, it adds, it's kind of like 
It's sort of like a special edition. It's like the Star Wars special edition. They shot new footage in the same in the same location, though, right? Right. They went back in some of the same locations and reshot stuff. I think in two thousand four they did that, and um, some of it works and some of it doesn't. And honestly, it's ten minutes of extra footage, so you can't really say like it's such a drastic change. But I think it's enough that I think that. A lot of fans kind of feel the same way that I feel, where it's like, I kind of like the original version better. Sure, gotcha. But, um, yeah, it's like really stylish action and really um, kind of over-the-top kind of nonsense. But very much like done on a shoestring budget. And I think think it'd be really helpful to, to kind of have some context going into this movie. I imagine if you saw it when it came out in 2000 and it blew your mind and you're telling a friend about it now, like, Oh, this is going to blow your mind. Uh, it might be kind of a bumpy watch. Uh, I think if, if you can enter this movie kind of knowing like, okay, this was done on a very limited budget and these guys are having like a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I think you'll be in, yeah, you might kind of slide into the, into the right mood to watch it. Um, yeah, it, I, we were talking a little bit before we were rolling and I think we had almost the same kind of take Carlos. It's, it reminds, it reminds me a little bit of like early camcorder movies mm. you would like make with your friends. Yeah. Um, this reminds me very much of me, like of like my, my brother's after they saw like episode one immediately came home and were like, we should do a star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Making a lightsaber. So, movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's what this feels like. I mm. mean, my, my brothers and I like literally did that like in the woods <laughs> by mm-hmm. our, there you by go. our house. So it's like a little uh, close to home. Not yeah, as much, and- not as much gunplay. There is, it's, vi- it's also very gun heavy. You should probably be aware of that uh, going into the movie. Right. And I think that, um, Definitely, yeah, you can tell they want to throw their own kind of John Woo-style gun action in the middle of this. The thing that I kind of think is kind of cool is I think it's influenced a lot of video games. I I almost feel like Versus has influenced more video games than film. (laughs) I completely believe that because there's, well, there's a lot of action and not a lot of plot. Yeah. um, But it felt like the, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the whole time, some of these story scenes kind of feel like Metal Gear Solid. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. With just like lots of people staring and like over explaining things and like big hand gestures. Cool. And then so- and then like the final the final get up for our, our nameless hero is basically Dante from Devil <laughs> May Cry sure, with sure. a sword and a gun. Let me let me ask you, Matthew, did you play Metal Gear Solid the Twin Snakes? Yes, I did. So, do you remember how crazy those cutscenes were? They are—they're wacky, so even let, wackier than, than than the normal ones. Let me tell you that Ryuhei Kitamura is the man that directed all those cutscenes. Of course, he is. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I completely um, believe that. Yeah, and uh, Yuji Shimomura, who is also mm-hmm. uh, one of the action directors on this film, he'd go on to do a lot of. Um, video game work too so devil may cry 3 has a bunch of crazy cutscenes between the stages and he did all of the direction for those and um, i think i I guess i nailed it on that yeah it it works really well when you see the main image of versus 
it's uh, tax character standing with his back towards you with a gun in his hand and a sword in his hand. And I, you, you, yeah, you immediately think of Devil May Cry when you see something like that. And Devil May Cry, I think, came out in 2001. So this is kind of this oh, m- maybe parallel thinking, maybe influence, one influenced the other. So, um, yeah, I think that's really cool. And um, well, I also, also like the circles in which Versus was popular. Like there's that's a lot of overlap with um you know like game culture and game development yeah yeah for sure um so the other guy that's kind of a big name in this is his name is yudai yamaguchi and he's like the second uh director on the film and he would kind of go on to do a lot of work in similar fashion within action and he'd start a company called uh yuden flameworks and they've gone on to do a bunch of films too that are definitely in the same vein of this and uh Ryuhei Kitamura actually made his way over to the states but all the films that he's worked on are like horror films and um there's definitely like horror tones in this film and I think I've described it on the podcast before as kind of like versus kind of like evil dead like 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 Japanese like action evil dead and yeah there's a lot of Sam Raimi influence in here and um I get it but I'm just They've always talked about maybe doing a sequel to this movie, but they've never actually done it. And this was actually originally going to be a sequel to uh, one of Ryuhei Kitamura's like kind of first like indie films. It's called Down to Hell, and this was oh, like right. the it's return Down, Down to, to Hell, hell. Two or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a fun movie, but it is like you said. You kind of have to preface it with this kind of expectation where it's like. All right, so it's not polished as good as it can be, and it's you can you can see like like different crews working on different scenes. Like the film looks totally different. Right, <laughs> the right. color grading will be completely different from shot to shot in a couple yeah, of totally. scenes. And this oh, is in the ultimate man. version, which supposedly has a little bit better color grading than the <laughs> yeah. original cut. Yeah, it's it's what's I think maybe most interesting uh, about watching it right now is. Um, I think I hadn't appreciated just like how much our pop culture had evolved since the year 2000. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like just trying to, to put the movie down, but it's, uh, it's almost like hard to, to totally relate to this being like a shock to all the senses and like, wow, you got to see this. But that, that is, uh, how it hit people when it came out. Like it was, you know, kind of a cult classic and, um, like in those circles and in kind of like the film buff circles, um, and it's funny thinking about you know how people say like music in like the late 90s early 2000s just so bad like so much like bad taste came out of that time mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that this is kind of part of that too oh 100 <laughs> percent. yeah there's although that's the thing the music is it, it's i feel like recently i've actually been re-watching and rediscovering a lot of turn of the millennium kind of stuff because sure. um my wife had never seen the matrix so we watched that a couple of months ago um also for swim fans, I'm doing an episode on, I'm guesting on an episode about Swordfish, which came out in 2001. And I'm just watching a lot of stuff from around that time. And the music that's in verses is like some of the music that I actually really like from the, from right, like the it's sort early of like, 2000s. Like that weird, like kind of breakbeat kind of It's like a mock stuff. Fat Boy Slim or Crystal Method or something. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Or, or, 
it in my dorky video game music mind uh but it's like barman hero had music like that oh nice, oh, nice. Like, that, like, like the drum machines and stuff <laughs> yeah i think of like kind of drum and bass kind of mm-hmm. yeah 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 i i feel I, lo- I love crap like that yeah yeah I've come to realize that I actually I'm really into drum and bass and it actually is kind of because of video game music because I I mean obviously I love Street Fighter and Street Fighter 3 Third Strike has a lot of drum and bass. Yes, definitely. Ridge Racer, the racing game series has a lot (laughs) of drum and bass too. And um, I don't know. I kind of, kind of eat that up. <laughs> um, but but yeah. So versus is it's it's cool. I still think it's cool. <laughs> I don't think it's aged well, is what I should say. And I definitely think that it's like, like we said, feels... like some friends having fun with the camcorder. They had a little more yeah, money than totally. what you'd expect. So it's like, all right, we really want to do this, and actually we're putting a lot of passion into it. But it's kind of. Uh, not as refined as you hoped it would be. There are definitely some cool concepts in it. Like if it um, had been condensed into like a 20 minute short or something, mm. <laughs> I think it might still hold up uh, pretty well, you know, 19 yeah. years later or whatever. There's a, like a film festival say cut. It's funny that you say that. Yeah. There's a film festival cut. That's like kind of around 18 minutes. And I think that even that kind of misses and some of what I think, is good about versus so i think that really somewhere in between that 20 minutes and that two hours <laughs> there's like a really great there's cut there the is movie. a great hour 15 minute movie in yeah. this two hours and 10 minute movie yeah mm-hmm. i think you're right yeah, yeah there's yeah. like a there's a premise um that I guess you could say is at the heart of the movie, except it's not really mm-hmm. positioned in a way I think where it takes full advantage of the premise. Uh, there's one of my favorite screenwriting podcasts. They talk about the concept of mystery versus confusion and how <laughs> oh. you want, like you want to experience that mystery that motivates yeah. you to go on. But when you cross over into confusion, you have a chance to kind of just uh, check out of the movie or, or eject or whatever. <laughs> and I think, uh, I mean, yeah, for this, <laughs> for me, this movie kind of starts off crossing that line and then eventually gets to a place where um, there's actually, I think, a pretty cool uh, concept concept in there. And there's mm. some really awesome action beats. Um, so I th- yeah, it would be really fun to try to edit together your own kind of personal favorite cut of the movie. I'm putting this on Mike. So I'm going to put this on the pad- podcast right now. <laughs> nice. Mike, make a cut of verses that we want to watch. Because <laughs> I know he would want to watch it too. <laughs> <laughs> dude what would be really cool is if another group of friends with a camcorder and access to a forest like remade a shot for shot versus yeah like a sweeted versus yeah yep all right well i think let's uh let's talk about this movie so i think what we're gonna do really is instead of doing kind of a beat for beat plot of the film kind of situation we're gonna mm-hmm. Explain the plot and then kind of freely just discuss things that we liked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm all about that. That sounds great. Well, before we jump into the movie, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. In the Forest of Resurrection, there is a man known only as Prisoner KCS-2-303. 
Hot-blooded and on the run, he's crossed swords with the Yakuza crew that has been sent to retrieve him. As he makes his way, he leaves a bloody trail behind him. But here, before the bodies run cold, they rise once again to terrorize anyone within their reach. Now the prisoner and the girl he's tasked himself to protect are about to find out the real reason they all have ended up in this place. The man has his eyes on a dark power that can only be unlocked within the forest. And another cycle of fate is about to come to an end. Tak Sakaguchi and Hideo Sakaki face off against zombies and hyper-zombies in this in-your-face extravaganza for the mind of Ryuhei Kitamura. Witness a battle no one has ever seen. Witness versus... So yeah, the, the basic plot of the movie is there's a, a gate to the other side in this forest in Japan, and it like can resurrect people and it draws like these heroes that get resurrected every so often to fight. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, that's basically the entire <laughs> plot of the movie. Yeah. And they're like up. reincarnated and uh, they, but they've sort of lost their memories and they regain mm-hmm. some of those memories as they go and realize that they've been having this fight kind of for centuries in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what you were talking about, Marty, where, this is kind of a cool idea yeah, super like cool to, idea but they don't really play around with that enough and i think that would i mean obviously they only had so much money and you can tell that it's very independent but you can kind of picture all these different time periods and these kind of different settings where they reuse the same characters and they battle yeah. it out and kill each other and then they show up again and um that would have been really awesome and mm-hmm. i could almost see that being a thing for verses too especially sure how this film ends yeah but um no, that's what i was just, thinking is this this film it's 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 ripe for a sequel because it could be basically just the same movie but tighter in a different like time period whether yeah. earlier or like in the which sci- is yeah what they tease at the thing. ending but that that ending tease is like one of the most frustrating things ever <laughs> um because they also there's sort of like a love interest at the center of the story and i think that's Another maybe one of the main, or for me, like one of the real missteps of the movie uh, in terms of like writing, acting, whatever. Mm. Um, but you've, there's this sort of happy ending that's like super hard one. Then you immediately got to like 100 years in the future. Um, no, this guy sucks and is like cool yeah. to her. And she wishes. <laughs> 100 years she later, she says, I wish I was choice. on the other person's side. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, I kind of okay. saw it like they kind of flipped the script on you where the next time that they're reincarnated. Oh, the other guy's the good guy. No, I mean, I think that'd be awesome if it was like a T2 judgment day and it's like, Oh wait, what? he's good. But like having just, well, but it would be like two hours, 10 minutes of this movie. And then, (laughs) but it would be like if at the, if in Terminator two, Kyle Reese was the bad guy instead of it's just the bad guys. Now the good, right, right. No, that's a really good, that's a really good point. It's kind of like at the, and I promise I'll, I'll not stay on this topic for very long, but (laughs) in in like at the end of Thor Ragnarok, it's like everyone just kind of gets captured. I don't don't know if you guys. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've seen Thor and, and so it's sort of like, oh, that was really fun to have like experienced that whole movie for <laughs> what could kind of feel like nothing. Um, no, I get in that. Infinity War, they kind of undo all that in the first like three minutes. That's <laughs> right. Honestly, no, that's true. I watched. I watched. Look, I, I'm sorry. I'm 
should be no, doing no. this. Let's do it. Um, oh man! I watched uh, a friend of mine wanted uh, invited me to go see Endgame with her, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll see Endgame, but I need to you know catch up a little bit." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna watch Thor Ragnarok and the first Infinity War, mm-hmm. or rather, in just Infinity War, the first one, and then yeah, sure. yeah." And I watched both of those in the same day. And <laughs> that's a lot of that's, a lot, that's of a lot. That's like eight hours or something of Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, but Thor Ragnarok's a really fun movie. And then, yeah, like you said, in the first like 20 minutes of Infinity War, it's just, ah, oh, no, nah, it didn't matter. Oh, yeah, his eyes back. Yeah, it didn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All right, my my thing about Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, sorry, this is, this is, we should set like a timer whenever Marvel comes up. To... Well, this is very Heroes Three Centric, oh, okay. and I think I've talked to you guys about this in the past. Is that some of the action in Thor Ragnarok is shot well? Like, yes, I agree. Yeah, the, yeah, there are some fights in there that are actually really well shot, and actually, I'm like, whoa! Like, I couldn't believe I was seeing it, but then it kind of made me mad because I was like. So you guys do know that you can do this, but you're choosing right, right. not to, and and you'd rather have like this kind of really like earthquake cut. camera every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty or cuts like, for cut a roundhouse kick. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's all I got. Okay. Gotcha. Thor, Thor Ragnarok. There are a couple of fight scenes in there that are actually really well shot, and I was happy to see those. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, okay. Versus has quite a few um, fight scenes that are. Yeah, I think really, really well done. Again, if you're coming from the perspective of like, oh, I'm really going to root for these guys. They got to make their own movie and it's actually really fun. Um, I think then, yeah, like with that lens, the action is really cool. Um, I would say like the gunplay action overall is like <laughs> it, it kind of crosses into the line of like MST3K funny for me yeah. a little bit um, uh-huh, uh-huh. or it's also like i imagine like the dvd coming free with like an nra membership or something because it's like <laughs> it's that thing where like just guns solve every problem <laughs> and you can shoot a person like any amount of times and because there's some kind of like zombie concept uh the movie doesn't seem to have to to worry too much about how many times you shoot someone and whether they're um alive or dead or undead um the the rules are very yeah. unclear on how the undead yeah. work in this movie and it's just not quite funny enough for like for you to be able to sort of gloss over yeah you can you can tell that ryuhei kanamura was like going for like an evil dead kind of thing right, with some of right. the blood and some of the violence and there's even like some very Sam Raimi like camera going really fast, like from yeah, someone's totally. perspective stuff. But yeah, like it doesn't happen quite enough to justify some of like the oh well, that guy they shot once and he died, and this guy they shot like fifteen times and he stood back up. And also just like allegiance or like loyalty of the characters, like the bad guy yeah. characters just all just shoot each other all the time. <laughs> uh. And then there's like this one sort of main bad guy. He's like the Yakuza leader. Um, boy, I just I I couldn't get into what this guy is doing. I'm, I'm sure he's a I'm sure he's a good actor. You talking just... about the dude with the butterfly knives? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's very over the top. He's very uh, he's almost like an anime character. He's he's like a lot of characters in this feel like. Some stuff works a lot better in animation than it does if you do it in, in live action. 
Yeah, that's, I that's think so too. Point, yeah. But but I also kind of, for me personally, I kind of like them going for this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. seeing oh, to- it totally, in a live action. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's kind of do... like Stephen Chow. It reminds me a lot of stuff from his movies where it's like some yeah. of this works good in live action, some of it doesn't. But But like at the beginning of the film, like the beginning of the film opens with like this kind of uh, period uh, era like setting where you've got a samurai and he's fighting these zombies, Mm -hmm. but they do like kind of the anime uh, stuff, like anime samurai stuff. So you get the Mm -hmm. slicing a person directly in half. I I think that's like the first shot. Nothing personnel kid with like the the running (laughs) past and really fast. Yeah, that's great. I love that stuff. And I love when a guy cuts up a group of people and then he pauses and does pose and then everybody falls down at once. Mm That's really cool. I feel like that's that's beyond like that's more just like samurai like Kurosawa kind of has some of that. It is. It is, but I think the engagements here are mm-hmm. kind of paced more like anime yes. like style and they do the kind of slice and cut kind of thing like when the hero of this intro uh segment kind of gets sliced in half and it does the pause and then the body like mm-hmm. sl- slides in half. Yeah, I love that. Oh yeah, and yeah, see, really cool. yeah, seeing that in live action is really fun, and the way that it's done here, everything looks pretty much practical. Yeah. Where yeah, you would start to see, really well. yeah, and also would... there's like a real grainy look to the the mm-hmm. uh, the intro, and mm-hmm. whenever they cut back to like the previous century stuff, um, and yeah, I think it that's that's really cool. I mean, it kind of reminds us of some of like the seventies films that we've touched on on the podcast, but it does make it tough when you cut to present day and then the, the film quality really isn't that much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a very like early digital kind of, kind of look to it. Yeah. If anything, I would have wanted more of this kind of period. Piece, oh, definitely. Like I would, watch, yeah, I would totally. watch an entire Samurai versus Zombies movie in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, like I like that effective. concept. And then I, I actually kind of, it's so stupid, but I kind of like during the movie where it's zombies, but now the gu- the zombies are holding guns. So, yeah, I was right, not expecting right, right. zombies with guns. That's, a, that's, that's so a stupid idea. and I love it. It's like great. It's really great. <laughs> but um, the whole thing, yeah, with the guns too, I think there's like some funny stuff. My my favorite is I think it's in the last fight of the film when both of the characters are shooting at each other and what actually happens is like all the bullets actually hit each other. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and then fall like to the ground. Flattened and fall to the ground. Oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> this, I think it happens a lot in like it's like magical. It's it's a magical kind of world, but there are still guns where swords are stronger than guns. <laughs> Which yeah, I always think is I funny. I love that. Where it's, I mean, that's 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 Devil May Cry, definitely in a in a very literal sense. But uh, but yeah, the whole like, oh, you shoot me, that doesn't work. But then whenever you slash at me with the sword, that gets me. So yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So what what we have is um this prisoner that is our hero of the film, played mm-hmm. by Tak Sakaguchi. Yeah. He ends up kind of in this. You don't even really know why. He he winds up here. All you know is he kind of. It looks like he escapes with another prisoner, mm-hmm. and um, they end up wrapped up with these yakuza dudes. And uh, what they find out is, whenever somebody gets shot, they come back as a zombie. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, like a bunch and of they, zombies show they up. They find out because he kind of randomly shoots yeah. um, one of the yakuza. And, yeah. Um, yeah. The funny that, thing that yeah. I learned about 
this film is that uh, Ryuhei Kitamura as a director, it was like you, somebody said, like, you can tell who he didn't like as an actor in the film by how soon they die in the movie. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Which is, like, so fun. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> that's, there's this... that's totally like, a, uh, Gary, my, my brother said that he had wanted to be in the movie. Mom said he has to be in it. Oh, yeah. fine. Well, he's, he's going to be the first guy that <laughs> oh, dies. <laughs> yeah so like this first encounter where they kind of all meet up um uh the prisoner i think he's just named prisoner his number it's like prisoner ks ks yeah. ksc2-303 yeah. i just called him talk yeah. in my uh in my yeah notes, that's cool so. all the cast members in the movie don't really have names like ones like the man the girl um yakuza cop, with yeah. a knife uh red hair guy stuff like that <laughs> yeah. um well and then uh you mentioned carlos that there's a commentary track um with the director and mm-hmm. doesn't he <laughs> I'll, I'll let i'll let you retell it <laughs> one of the other things that i like that kitamura would say is every so often when they're talking about the details of the movie uh, ryuhei kitamura himself says I don't care about the details. If <laughs> if there's something here that's interesting, you know, and they wanted to do it, I'm like, yeah, whatever, just put it in the movie. <laughs> so there's this really like carefree attitude. Yeah, totally. Uh, about I mean, that a lot of the comes, things. comes like comes across even just in the character names. Like you said, there's there's literally like no um no first name that any <laughs> any person has. It's like Yeah. Um yeah, our weed character has a number which is actually doing pretty good. <laughs> um the other thing yeah it's small things like they they were caring about what the zombies like how the zombies moved actually okay so here's the thing that i read and i wanted to really find it out for myself but um i guess hideo kojima the creator of metal gear is supposedly a, a zombie in this film and Whoa, i couldn't no actually find that myself but they do talk about kojima in the commentary they say that um kojima and one other guy that was a zombie in the film they're the only zombies that could act like different types of movie zombies so it's like a romero zombie or different type of zombie huh. and they were really they were oh, really excited cool. that um that they knew though so they they mentioned hideo kojima a couple of times in the commentary but um i don't know if he's actually in the film there's a couple other behind the scenes things that i thought were fun too so um there's a scene in the film where tak is holding a gun in his mouth and when he's practicing it and you can actually see this in the like behind the scenes footage of the film he actually breaks his tooth like when oh, he's trying geez. to cock oh, the gun wow. with his mouth and they they actually just like super glued his tooth back together oh, <laughs> and man. continued filming the other thing like, that's really funny to about the, the movies, kid yeah yeah the behind the scenes and kind of the commentary tracks is um you can tell that all of the people are like really goofballs about everything <laughs> so that's like, cool uh, that does come across in the movie for sure yeah, there's a whole little uh, segment on the Ultimate versus DVD that's Tak Sakaguchi going to the German, it's like a German film festival screening of the movie, and it's kind of him doing kind of like a video journal of his travel, and um, oh, cool. at the end of the 
uh, like he's telling you about Germany and like these details that he's learning about people. And some of them you can obviously tell he's joking around and stuff. And at the end of the the documentary, it says, uh, please don't listen to anything that he's just told you. <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> and um, the other thing is when they're commenting on all the zombies like getting killed, they'll definitely mention a couple of times you see zombies with their butts on fire. <laughs> and and they said they just thought it looked cool so they just put it in the movie there it's just go. like these goofy things like that that i think really like for these guys it was really cool that this movie became really uh a thing you know but i could almost see them being like not even caring if it never was popular they had they just had so much fun yeah. making the movie that it's like yeah remember when we did that movie <laughs> it's like one of those deals really cool. yeah <laughs> Yeah, but the, the I mean, movie, you can you can definitely like the movie has a lot of problems, but heart is not one of the problems. The movie has yeah, a lot yeah, of heart. Yeah, you can tell there's really a lot cool. of like passion. The people had a lot of fun behind the scenes. I just honestly, the biggest thing that I wish the movie did was I wish that the characters were more like characters and that right. like one they, that like, they that have every, like wants that made sense or yeah. Yeah, and like exactly. just you had some, or, or the, here's the big one is that all of the people who are going to be important in the movie are introduced in the first twenty minutes instead of the first hour, <laughs> because yeah, there are literally characters that don't get introduced until like fifty minutes into this movie, and it's well, like, it also feels like some of those later character introductions are like in place of a development to the plot. Yeah, because um, after that opening sort of standoff on like just outside of the woods by the the yakuza's car once we get into the woods there aren't really any like different story beats We're, like the characters kind of run around almost in circles like shooting at each other yeah. and running away again it really does feel like uh you know when you're a teenager making a movie with the camcorder or something and so those character introductions maybe could sort of feel like there's something that's advancing in the story um, but yeah, I'm totally with you, Matthew. It's like, oh, are, are these people important? Like what, and what do they want and what do they have to do with the story? And it seems like anyone could die at any moment, but instead of that, like putting you on the edge of your seat, um, I feel like it, it could lead you to just kind of check out. Um, mm. cause it's like, okay, this person may be dead. They may <laughs> come back. They may not. I have kind of no real idea. Right. Cause you don't, you don't even really have a sense once uh, Tack, he takes the girl away and they're kind of on the run in the forest. It's like, where are they even going? You know, they're right. just kind of in the forest now and then stuff's happening. Um, I do kind of enjoy when he encounters somebody and they kind of have this like one on one moment. So like there's one of the Yakuza dudes kind of has his hair back and he's wearing like a kind of a puffy coat and they have like this little fight between the two of them. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a great and, little scene. Yeah, and you get to see the strengths of the team because, like, there's some real stylish stuff. Like, I do like Todd. Yeah, there's kind some of... great choreography. Like, the actual fights are, mm-hmm. like, really impressive. And the thing about this is, like, all of these dudes, um, I don't think these guys are martial artists, but they're, <laughs> you know, they want to do action. And, I mean, Tak. His he kind of has his own style, and and he does this here where he kind of has this kind of almost a Western boxing stance, and he kind of 
does this kind of fisticuffs when he fights people and he's kind of become known for that and i think that he kind of is like really cool on camera as a fighter and he has a cool look about him yeah definitely. Um, but like everybody else there's like a couple of people that like you guys said that red-haired guy does some really cool moves mm-hmm. later in the movie and there's this um woman who actually i do kind of know has a martial arts background and a kind of like a dance background um she's among that group the um she's the short-haired lady i think her name is i think her name's short-haired lady or something like that. yeah Short, short-haired female assassin <laughs> um oh, she her, is that yeah her actress yeah. name hoshimi oh, asai okay. she's she's really cool actually she's um she works on the, in this theater troupe right now that kind of does this hybrid action uh hybrid like dance like performance oh that's, that's pretty so cool. cool yeah so um yeah, she, she looks some, really good. Yeah, she has some great moments. Uh, she, yeah, I was yeah. I was kind of hoping she'd be in it more because because <laughs> like she has a great she has a very very like she looks like she could have stepped off of the the set of the Matrix like yeah um, yeah right with like totally. the short hair and like she has that very like late nineties like really dark lipstick like it's not black but it's like really dark red and has like the shorts with tights thing going on and I, I'm a big fan of that look but mm-hmm. yeah. There also are, like, kind of these, like, Tarantino-esque kind of feels in this film, too, mm-hmm. with all of the kind of gun-toting, like, guys and, like, how and they're like the kind of... the standoffs and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. But I still, you know, like I said, I really like when they're doing, like, these things where they're shooting all these guys, but then all of a sudden a zombie has a gun. But it's also <laughs> funny, too, because, like, the zombies, like are really like careless about having a gun it's not like everybody's scared of them now it's like oh my god this is a huge threat it's just like oh whatever he's got a gun now (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny you know um i i totally agree with what you were saying a few minutes ago matthew about um what you kind of wish uh the movie was doing for me i think my big wish is that the relationship with uh the prisoner and the girl just that there was just a little more something going on there because yeah uh, the premise of it is awesome and it's something we've seen in action movies going back to the to the 40s it's like this unlikely pair that maybe is frustrated with each other in the beginning um but through the course of this story you know they come to love each other that's broadly what is i guess happening here but yeah almost none of their scenes together really really work for me and i mean there's just there's also uh, they're both characters of very few words, and there's you can kind of only make so much happen with uh, <laughs> with the setting here. Have you guys ever seen? Um, I've seen it's I forget the artist's name, but um, the pieces are they're called soliloquies. And what the artist does is they just take a character from a film and just like only cut the movie to their dialogue. So whenever the character talks, it's just their oh, cuts. Oh, that's cool. It's a cool idea, and I've seen it a couple times. But I mean, this movie would be like, I don't know, uh, three minutes yeah, if you no, have pretty, like, pretty short, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that, <laughs> which really isn't the focus. But but it gets to what you guys are talking about, how um, if they had kind of more of a script with this movie, you could develop these relationships better, especially within a two hour film. You'd kind of want to earn that a little more. But well, and Here it's we also because there is really a cool idea, like we're saying, like um, underneath all of this. Um, yeah, and once they have, when you, once 
you have uh, Hideo Sakaki come in, and he's playing this like threat and this villain that actually is tied to this reincarnation, and he yeah. seems to have this knowledge. His character behind, is called like, the Man, I think, right? The oh, okay, the Man. Yeah. I knew it was like bad guy or something like that. And um, once he shows still, up, plot that's wise, still one of my favorite names for a fighting game character is Soul Bad Guy. Oh yeah, from, yeah. Uh, well, Gil- from yeah. Gear. Yep, yep. And um you could you could almost see like the movie developing into this kind of intrigue thing where it's like what actually is happening here and why does this guy know about this reincarnation stuff and why is there this struggle between the three and kind of um what you learn about the girl is that her blood is kind of the key to reincarnating these guys too and um they don't really play with that. And it's like it's kind of a shame because it's like it's actually a really cool premise. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. So, um, you know, this is Heroes 3, and we do like to talk about action. So I do want to talk about a couple of fights in the movie. And um, the first one that I want to really talk about is Takasakaguchi as the prisoner versus this uh, red-haired Yakuza guy, I guess. And um, the setting here is really cool. And actually, I think the film looks a bit better than the <laughs> rest of the movie. Sure. <laughs> so, um yeah, uh, Tuck and the girl are in this quarry area, and um, this dude literally just like floats down from <laughs> the sky. That. Yeah, it's in the so background. Cool. It's, yeah, super cool shot. And that, by that's now, a, that's um, a gifable moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by now, what's happening is I, Kitomura says in the commentary that there are zombies and there are hyper zombies. <laughs> 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 and these you know now we're seeing hyper zombies so uh, this dude shows up and he looks awesome like i said he floats down and um tack as the prisoner like he can't resist like fighting people like it's like this driving force for him and um yeah this dude's like a kicker so like mm-hmm. we get to see a lot of kicks which is really cool and we get to see some wire work too yeah there's and some actually, surprisingly yeah. good wire work like it's very obviously you can tell it's very inspired by the matrix but it's, mm-hmm. it's done really well given how tiny the budget was for this movie i also feel like it has a lot of like tokusatsu vibes in it where it's like these kind oh, of sure. really absurd moves but it's just really fun and it adds to the energy of the movie um yeah, the the dude in the red hair does this jump up and does like I don't know like twelve kicks in the air before he hits the ground and um he has this like static pose because he's like a zombie but it adds, actually adds to like the menace of his threat. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, for sure. My favorite beat though is after whenever he finally is able to beat the guy, uh, he's the whole time the red haired guy's wearing like these cool glasses. And he picks up the glasses. He picks up the glasses and puts them on. There's this really cool like zoom in of him putting them on and like (laughs) like giving a smile. And he looks over at the girl and the girl just shakes her head no and she takes them off. That's great. (laughs) That is really fun. Yep. And And then doesn't he like smash the guy's face in right after? So that's not uh Tak, that's actually the the man, uh Hideo Sakaki's character. And um actually I can tell you a little bit about that too. So what happened is when the prisoner defeats this guy, he's like laying down in the river. And um so the actor that plays that red haired guy said he could hold his breath for like, I don't know, like two minutes or, or some kind of long amount of time so they could get a cut. 
a nice cut of the film but actually he lied and he couldn't so <laughs> so kitamura had him get this gruesome death in the movie as a punishment <laughs> oh man <Brutal>. yeah <laughs> but yeah it's it's great? rough it's gross the the man punches punches clear through the guy's face and yeah. like you see like this shot like looking through the hole in his head and then he's like he pulls his fist out and he has like his eyeballs like in his mm-hmm. in his hands yeah it's oh it's rough but it's like it's like it's like goofy gore no i'm just replaying it doesn't talk smash his face in with his feet he does a, like a flip kick oh that's what you're i thought you were talking about the punch through the head oh. that's oh, what sorry. i thought you mentioned no you're right yeah you're right oh, sorry man oh sorry. <laughs> yeah we gotta be super specific yeah gotta get your gory death gore. streamed out <laughs> especially because it's like you can have like a gruesome death and still be a zombie in a couple cases yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Another amazing fight, and it is whenever uh, finally the the prisoner and the man uh, talking uh, Hideo finally have their big show off, and he like takes him to like this weird like pocket dimension or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like super autumnal, and it's yeah. perfect for November watching. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Uh, there's one. There is one. There, there's some legitimately really good shots in this movie. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, there's some. You can definitely tell that um, the, the director has like has a good eye for that kind of thing. But there's one where like the two of them are just kind of like approaching each other in like this fall setting. It's it's really cool. But yeah, he takes them to like this weird alternate universe so that they can have their have their big fight. And it's a it's a pretty cool fight. Like it, it gets like kind of gets kind of down and dirty too. It's not just like this clean sword fighting kind of thing. Right? Yeah, and I think that this first time that they encounter each other is really cool because you're getting story out of this as well. So uh, the man is kind of describing what's going on in this area and why people get resurrected and about the blood and everything. But it's it's during the fighting as well. I I really like there's this really quick shot of uh the prisoner shooting at the man and he grabs the bullet like with his fist it's like a really quick zoom in and then he like pulls his fist in his face it looks so cool i love it yeah well and this kind of um touches on sort of the tone of the filmmaking and the action of the like prologue to the movie yeah yeah i think so but in this first fight, the the man just straight up kills him, and like he gets knocked out of the the weird pocket dimension, and just is just dead on the ground. Um, and that's when we get to see that the girl has like these resurrection powers because she like yeah. she like cuts it's- her hand, and that's a that's one of those like I knew where it was going. So the the long buildup actually was really good for this, where she's like holding the the knife and like slowly bringing it up to her hand to to cut her palm open. Yeah, some of the and long they've kind shots. Of, are they've kind of it. set 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 some of that up that there's something special about her blood. I think the man even says mm-hmm. that earlier on. And um, there is a really um, cool shot. It's like a crane shot of the man where it's pulling away and it's showing the group uh, now that they're all like zombies, the Yakuza zombies after uh, the prisoner gets killed and, and the commentary Kitamura calls that his lion King shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> that was really funny too. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, 
it's weird. I don't know if this is true at all and I may just be reading it wrong, but I almost had the sense that the production value like increases as the movie goes on. Like I, is it possible that they um, maybe got more investors or mm. uh, more help with the budget is, is the movie um, went on because you definitely don't have those kind of crane shots earlier. And also the gruesome, like um, smashing in skulls and stuff doesn't happen until maybe like the hour mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it happens like a lot. <laughs> yeah. I wonder I, what I do know is that the film was originally going to be like, I think like, I don't know, like a three week shoot or a month shoot and mm. ended up oh, being no. like seven months. <laughs> <laughs> part, part of that is because they were filming like towards like the winter, like from fall to winter. So, um, all of these shots actually it, they said it was really cold it was probably like 30 degrees out while they were filming this movie and then winter uh it was on like a ski resort actually the forest that they originally were using and then later oh, in the film like towards the end of filming they found a uh space outside of Tokyo that was comparable so then they used that but um yeah i don't know how that kind of i don't know if they they shot in sequence or what but uh yeah maybe you could say that there's like a moment in time where all the nice shots were filmed and they ran out of money and then they were doing the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they shot it in sequence. Um, Not at all. Know, especially. And maybe even kind of shape the story as, as, the, as mm-hmm. they went even. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like some of the old Kung Fu movies. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah, we can talk about like the finale of the film. Yeah. So now most of the Yakuza dudes are kind of like zombies now. Yeah. And uh, the dude that Marty hates, the uh, dude played by Kenji Matsuda, he's kind of like this frog monster zombie, <laughs> <laughs> which is like really weird, but I kind of like it. And he kind of um, watches the... from the sidelines uh, mm-hmm. at a certain point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like when they all like start to attack talk after he's like resurrected, he gets like this super sword like he like does like this he-man like yell into the the heavens and he has a sword now <laughs> but um he has the power he's using yeah he's using his gun and his sword and uh he like quickly like chops apart one of the guys and <laughs> actually it's practical it looks really it does kind of cool. it does it looks great it's it's yeah. so gross but it's like it's that comical like kind of like dead alive kind of like level of just goofy amounts of gore yeah and he ends up like blowing a hole through some of the people and they do that kind of similar to I that i don't know how they did that shot where the girl is like looking down at the huge hole in her i actually yeah. don't know how they did that it's really cool it, it's really cool. I like it a lot. I could see her maybe laying on something above and that, you know, that extension below is like the like practical yeah, of the body. Yeah. Like they probably <laughs> do something similar when, um, and yeah, I won't get ahead of it, but, <laughs> um, the fate of the man, uh, ends in a really cool yeah, effect yeah. shot. So it's yeah. a similar, similar thing there. Um, yeah. And he, uh, uh, talk has like a, a rematch with the red haired guy. And he kind of does the same thing after he beats him, where he uh, where he takes the sunglasses off, um, smashes the guy's head in, and then just throws the sunglasses away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where I was getting confused. That's the part where he yeah. does the head the, the head stomp. Yeah. Oh right, there we go. Oh, we're all lined up yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> we're all good. Take the sunglasses again. <laughs> Smash yep. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we've also never mentioned a talk 
has this awesome move that he does with his leather jacket, this like swoosh. Um, yeah, yeah. That he does a lot like whenever he's fighting and yeah, mm-hmm. pretty cool. The sound effects are really fun too. They're like jet yeah. noises. They got and a stuff. lot of it feels very like it feels like they just found like an anime sound effect library and used it for a lot of the sounds <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> he ends up having like this huge like I don't know, like a gun like rifle like a this gigantic rifle that ends up in his arms thanks to one of the other yakuza guys and um now we've got these great like explosion shots <laughs> where there's like he he blows up that uh uh i don't know kappa like dude with that gun so now he's got a huge sword and like a huge like i don't know tank rifle <laughs> and then there's these two cops like so at the beginning of the movie he's got a handcuff on and a hand there's like a severed hand on like his other end of his handcuffs <laughs> and what you end up finding out is that it's one of these cops that are on his tail and um he ends up encountering these guys by the time he's got this rifle and he blows them both up like the first guy without the hand he like blows a hole right through his head and then the next guy actually i thought this was really funny it's like kind of like the matrix where you've got neo kind of bending back trying to dodge these bullets yeah totally yeah tax got this huge rifle it's just like one shot explodes this guy when he tries to dodge it (laughs) it's really funny i like that a lot and you can uh see in the behind the scenes footage uh, them like kind of rigging the doll for that explosion is really cool. So this all leads to the to the final showdown between the prisoner and the man, and he kind of they kind of go to the the weird pocket dimension again. But this this is a really cool fight because it really does use like all of the like all the weapons and stuff they've had. There's the gunplay like we talked about before about like the bullets hitting each other and falling down. Um, lots of really cool sword stuff. Like, yeah, like there's sure. some really legit wire work here. Where like, uh, like I'm thinking of whenever he stabs the sword into the ground and like uses it to lift himself up to kick at the guy and land back yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And there's also these moments where you'll see them clash swords and you see like these sparks flying. <laughs> That's actually like a legit thing that they actually orchestrated. So oh, cool. uh, one of the prop guys actually was able to rig these swords. It seems like they rig them with some type of electrical charge because they show them demonstrating it in the behind the scenes video that seems very dangerous (laughs) yeah it looks crazy because they show these two swords wired up and i'm like is that for real but it is (laughs) dude that's cool i also love the shot um when the man like swipes down at the ground and there's this like trail of leaves that it's like yeah anime kind of oh yeah moment. that's totally really like a cool. fighting game move mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the man's sword is like super anime too it's like this katana blade with this yeah, kind it of feels like ancient though too it's yeah awesome. I, I could it's see cool. i could see hideo kojima buying like one of the prop swords from this movie and having it in his house oh yeah that's awesome. for sure it's like a collectible in death strand mm-hmm. <laughs> probably <laughs> there's also um like sequences here where like we mentioned before how there's a crane shot and there's like there's like a, a steady cam shot like the beginning of the movie and here you can see that they had like this kind of 
circular rig. So there's these like long takes where the camera's panning around the two guys fighting each other, and those look really cool. And yeah, you can totally see them being like, "All right, we have this camera for one day. Let's make use of it." <laughs> right. And then um, you mentioned it earlier, but there's that that kind of great moment where they both take their guns out and are like basically point blank range firing at each other and all the bullets um, collide and fall on the ground. So fun. It's so stupid. I love it. But <laughs> yeah. this, this fight actually does have a lot of the DNA that we like to see out of Hong Kong action totally, because the, totally. the fight's long enough that it escalates and there you get these kind of narrative beats in the fight. I like one of the things they do is they end up grabbing at the swords that have been they've discarded and they actually take each other's sword so they're kind of admiring the swords mm-hmm. of their opponent for right. a moment i think that's really cool and uh you just kind of get that the the narrative of like the stamina of a fight where they're like really going at it for a while and things are getting hectic mm-hmm. and it just escalates pretty well in this last fight mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, there's almost like a three act structure or something where <laughs> you start with the swords, you weave the swords, and it's this cool hand to hand, and then they're on the ground, all like their, you know, their legs locked, and then like you said, they come back to the swords, but having swapped, and yeah, really, really cool because you know it's one of those things that feels like um, the forest is a great location for for movies, um, which is maybe why it happens so much when. Uh, like as amateurs or kids or whatever, uh, you're going to make a movie, you'll kind of mm-hmm. go to the woods. But when it comes to fight choreography, it, it's kind of difficult to use the environment in the way we might be used to in like a, you know, Jackie Chan or a Hong Kong style thing. So I think, yeah, like you're saying, Carl, they do a really good job of um, kind of composing this whole fight to really have some motion and some contrast you know, and it's uh, it, it's definitely worthy of like the finale of this two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah, really cool, and it it even culminates in this very like anime kind of samurai-ish uh, moment where uh, our hero is like kind of on the ropes, and the villain is gonna take his last like oh, yeah. slice at the opponent, and he does the so cool. I clap my yeah, hands and catch the sword, grab your sword mid swing. Yeah, I don't know if y'all remember. Dude. Did y'all ever watch MythBusters? I oh sure, I watched sure. episodes. Of there it, yeah. was an episode where I don't I don't know. They might have referenced this movie. I wouldn't be shocked if they did. But um, there they did a myth to see if you could actually catch a sword with oh, your catch hands. a sword with your hands. Wow, oh, man, I it was really that. cool. And the thing, the big thing they said was that you you would if you could, even if you could time it just right the main thing that the sword would catch would be cutting off part of your hand. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So not, th- not quite like you would be able to stop it, but that's, you know, not too, not too terribly much, gotcha. but it's worth it. If you look cool, that's Matthew. true. You would yeah, look man. as, as the front half of your hand slides off, you'd look very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and after they get that one more bout, they have this ridiculous, literally a minute long <laughs> shot it's where it's long. they're back to back and it's just spinning all the way around them it's that circular camera move that um, it's we we're talking about earlier yeah it's cool but maybe not a minute <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. a, maybe a good 20 seconds this might also like be of... something that could have 
possibly not aged super well and I imagine would have been maybe more exciting in 2000. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of of the mindset where it's like one of these situations, maybe it's just me, where it's like, all right, if you hold something, it's cool. Then you hold it for a long time, then it's like not cool. But then you hold it for even longer than that, then it's cool again. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with that shot. <laughs> oh, I like, I like thinking of it like that. Mm. Yeah. I guess I like whenever it. it's... If that was the only shot that held for too long in the movie, it'd be really cool. But there's a lot of shots that hang on a little too long in the movie. And, like, you can only do it so many times, you know? Right, right. That's kind of yeah. where I'm at. No, I got you. Uh, it This does lead to the final, like, strike between these two guys. And uh, the <sighs> prisoner kind of gets this awesome... Sorry, are you rewatching like, it, Matthew? I, so, I, I rewatched it a second ago, and that's oh, why really? I, I remember oh, exactly no. what just happened, so... <laughs> Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um uh the prisoner gets the final blow on the our the man here mm-hmm. and um he does like this critical slice and it, he does like a total like soccer kick to he knock his head, his head off. Head off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's and what leads to the, Yeah, that great effects yeah. practical shot. Yeah, um, where you see the the man's head severed on the ground, but you can very clearly see it's definitely still the the actor like you know, kind of like emoting and like his mouth opening. Right. While, so he's like, like at some sharp around. angle, yeah, like in a something. ditch or something. And then they have, it looks so like cool. the bit of his neck. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It looks great. So and really yeah. well, really well edited. It's, it's really funny. I, I can't think of another movie that I would describe like this, but the, there are sections of the movie where like what's wrong with it actually goes like super right in other areas of the movie. Like there are certain scenes where it's like, Oh God, I love how this is edited. I love the staging of all these shots. Um, I love the pacing and I, I love the choreography. And then there are other sequences where it's like, Oh, who, who were, <laughs> who was working on this? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, but it, you it definitely... all kind of adds to like, um, I think maybe like the cult classicness uh, mm-hmm. of verses. I agree. And then that's uh, after that, they kind of ride off, not into the sunset, I guess, but um, they ride off. And like you said, they have kind of like a like a genuine moment between the two of the between the 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 girl and the um, and Tox character. And (laughs) and then we get. Oh, yeah. And they um, ride off on a motorcycle. They're off on a motorcycle, like through like there's this cool like um, undercrank shot of like them driving through a tunnel. And then we get this weird, like, it reminded me of, like, Terminator. <laughs> like, the this, like, oh, destroyed sure. city in the future. And it says 99 years later. And we get this weird epilogue scene where, like, I guess future zombies are now teamed up instead of the normal zombies. <laughs> I like the set. It, it totally reminds me of, like, Godzilla movie. Well, actually... Oh, cool. Ryuhei Kitamura would go on to direct Godzilla Final Wars. So imagine a Godzilla movie with action like this film. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can imagine that. <laughs> Dude, so this that I think the movie's really divisive because like some people are like, oh, what the hell is this crazy mm-hmm. movie? But I think it's awesome. I love it. And Dude, we're gonna we're gonna definitely watch it for the podcast. It's, we oh, have to. Point. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's great, um, and I think Mike just burst down my door. Oh no! <laughs> um, Tack is in the movie too as one of the ex-agent, which are like these uh, 
alien people from Godzilla movies, like going way back into the sixties. So um, we'll get to see him again too. Cool. <laughs> that movie's ridiculous, dude. Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think about that until right now. Like, yeah, we gotta watch that for the show. <laughs> but yeah, this whole uh, scene here in the future, or what is it, ninety nine years? Ninety nine years. I would totally. I mean, I, I, I'd totally watch it versus two kind of with the roles yeah, flipped yeah. Oh, i think yeah. that would be really awesome because especially there's... with especially with ryuhei kitamura like grown as a director and like you know understanding a lot more of you know editing and stuff like that i feel mm-hmm. like i feel like you can see the raw talent in this movie and i would love to watch some later movies that he's done to to really see him like how he is now yeah for real yeah, totally. for real i agree but yeah, it definitely an- ends on a, a cool bang. And even if I'm not crazy about the kind of turn that now the the girl character, <laughs> we're not trying to be like reductive or whatever. She, that's like her name. That's um, her name is the, the girl. girl. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, she's saying like, oh, I should have like joined the other side all those years ago. But yeah. um, it is great that it ends on these two uh, quote unquote brothers uh, taking sword to sword, and it's like on that. St- clash of swords we cut mm-hmm. to the the credits um oh and there's fire yeah. everywhere oh it's so <laughs> cool so <laughs> it's wow. a, it's very of the time very of of the yeah, time is totally. a very good way to describe this movie yeah it feels mm-hmm. like sort of like trailers of the late 90s mm-hmm. um the title treatment and the credits yeah it feels very like you can it, this movie was made in the year 2000 you can 100 percent see that 2000. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that's 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 versus yeah it was it was super fun like oh yeah i'm glad i'm definitely watched it and simple feelings about Mm -hmm. it but it's like yeah really fun time and yeah i think if uh you can go into it with like a little bit of background um Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a blast how did you feel about it uh revisiting it carlos um, I think I kind of explained it already, but yeah, it's, I, I do really like it still, but it is long. <laughs> I, I was, before I watched it again for the podcast, I was actually talking to Mike and, uh, he was talking about one of his friends saying, yeah, every time you watch versus it feels like it's longer than the last time you watched it. <laughs> I thought that was really wow. funny. <laughs> it's it's funny. I I messaged you asking like how much longer is Ultimate versus versus the original, and then and then you said you know there's only ten minutes. But you said the movie feels so long, and I was I was like, oh, I'm so glad that you said that because <laughs> yeah. I was so afraid yeah. that you were going to be like, oh man, that movie just flies by. It's so no. great. I love like, and then you're like, whoa, what's like, wrong? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think by now we kind of share the same taste. Uh, yeah, and we'll, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> but but I, I like that I can bring these movies to you and you guys can still appreciate them. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like, we haven't had, like, a really divisive movie on the podcast yet. And maybe I'm jinxing us by saying that out loud. <laughs> no, no, I think you're <laughs> but, right. But uh, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it, too. And I... And, I feel like anybody that's listening to like a martial arts, I guess, you know, we're like a Kung Fu movie podcast. Anybody that's, you know, are into this, they probably saw verses at some point. Yeah. And I think it's, it's just honestly a better way to, to live where um, you can go into something that you might not totally be crazy about and find what's fun, like find what's unique, what's interesting and, 
put yourself into the shoes of the filmmakers and it's just i don't know it makes life richer (laughs) yeah dude seriously like yeah it's it's just so much fun (laughs) even when you know even when it's not perfect i think it's just so much fun like yeah i i think yeah we should let's talk about what the movie we're gonna watch next episode yeah yeah so yeah what is our yeah can continue on this train this is kind of this is kind of a shorter episode but i'm okay with that it's nice easy easy breezy so what's our training for next week carlos so i think this film is uh a lot i think it's more well known than versus but it's still from around the same time and pretty influential in different ways um we're gonna be talking about battle royale oh uh kinji fukusaku film from the year 2000 uh you probably heard about it i think it was like so controversial when it came out i think (laughs) quentin tarantino i think he he said like i wish i made this movie or something like that (laughs) (laughs) um uh so it's crazy now that like there's this whole other legacy to battle royale even that term even that phrase um, oh the term yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. gonna be super fun to to dive into this cool so uh november is becoming known for i feel like more and more uh like th- more and more things more and more specialties but uh in our circle of podcasts um on the Super Mercado Brothers podcast for the yeah. last several years. Actually, I think probably since the beginning of the show, almost uh, we treat November as Nintendo month. And uh, I was just recently uh, joining Carl and Will for an episode uh, titled Super Mario, where we basically went through every mainline mainline Super Mario game. Playing, oh, wow. Uh, one track per game. And it was a super fun and also like illuminating look at that like great body of work that is that that music but yeah definitely um all all of the episodes in november are super fun and uh yeah check that out if you haven't already check it out and also you should check out a uh, friend of the show mike just posted or just did a uh, youtube video all about oh, the yeah. history of uh, ultraman Ultraman's uh, home video release in the U.S., which was re- super fascinating. It was, it, was, it was a fun video. Yeah, well, really tight, really informative. Uh, yeah, super well done. Definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for listening. Until next week, where we're taking a look at 2000's Battle Royale. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. <laughs>